Hello and welcome to night number 17 of 31 Nights of Frights, year two, the sequel. For those of you who do not know, my name is Adam and I'll be your host. So what happens when you make a movie and it's a surprise success? Well, you're going to want to make a sequel and that is exactly the case here. This is the movie that Roger Ebert lovingly gave a one-star review and Mick Garris's 1988 directorial debut, Critters 2, The Main Course. So the main plot of this movie basically revolves around eggs of the critters from the first movie being left behind on Earth. And that's pretty much the plot. That's about it. So it's paper thin. It's not a movie that you're going to want to watch expecting a great plot. It's not. It's a B movie. But the difference here is that it knows it's a B movie. And I think that's one of the reasons of why it's as much fun, if not more fun, than the first movie. I can understand why people would enjoy the first one better, especially since the second one had a more comedic slant. There's an especially, I guess, nasty joke with kids painting Easter eggs. And as it turns out, they're actually critters eggs. And it's not played up to its actual full potential. However, it is kind of funny to know that the kids are painting these Easter eggs and they're critters eggs. I don't know who in their right mind would actually paint these because of the fact it looks like no other egg that I've seen in my life. And there's no way I'd want to even touch that thing. But sure enough, everybody does. Before we get too far into the movie, I actually enjoy this one a lot. It's one of my favorites. It's up there with the first one, and I think it's just as good as the first one. I actually did get to catch this one in theaters when I was a kid. I do remember going to see it in theaters. And I also remember my mom being a little worried about the fact that the Easter Bunny gets killed in front of all the kids in this movie. No, it's not the real Easter Bunny, of course. It's a guy in a suit. However, again, this is the movie's sly sense of humor coming through. And I think that's one of the things that makes it entertaining and fun is that it knows what it is. And it's a B-film. So again, I'm going to repeat that the plot here is super, super thin. And everything here is just basically set up for Critter's Chaos. And if that's all you're looking for in a movie, then yeah, you're going to enjoy it. But if you're actually looking for a little bit more meat to a story, then it's probably not the movie for you. I do like the Critters films, all to varying degrees. And this one here, again, I still think it's probably one of the best ones out there. One of the things that was mostly done right is because this is an actual follow-up and sequel to the first movie. It's not one of those where it's kind of a sequel just featuring the Critters, like a lot of the other ones wound up becoming. But you do get returning actors Terrence Mann, Don Keith Opper, and Scott Grimes all returning to their roles of Ugg, Charlie, and Brad, respectively. I was actually extremely disappointed that we did not get the same sheriff. It is the same sheriff, however, it's played by a different actor here. So we do not get M. Emmett Walsh. Instead, we got actor Barry Corbin taking over the role. Notable absences here are actually the Brown family, who are actually Brad's parents. I guess they did not want to come back or didn't get the offer, not sure which. 
but it's written into the story that they moved away after the vicious attack on their farmhouse and Brad's coming back to visit his grandmother. One of the more interesting things about the sequel is the fact that the bounty hunters, they actually get a little bit of a larger role to play here and a lot of the, I guess, transformations of their characters and finding the right body is played up for laughs here, such as when one sees a Playboy magazine and then proceeds to turn into the centerfold. I do like the fact, too, that, again, the puppetry on display and the special effects here, they're all done really well by the Chiodo brothers. They do great work, and it's a shame, again, that they did not have, I guess, a, a bigger career. The practical effects here are actually really, really impressive, and most notably, the Critter's Ball. And I do like the fact that this is the first movie that included the Critters Ball, and this involved all of the Critters joining up forces, I guess holding hands, and turning into a big ball of destruction. And it was something that I like with the way the movie handles it. It actually goes and makes you think that the movie's over. Oh no, the movie has one, one more card to play, and it's super funny especially when it runs over a guy and it just completely cleans him down to the bones. And not only that, I don't think it looked quite right in some of the other versions of it. And I know that that's going to be due to budget restraints on the cheaper sequels. But still, I thought this was amazing back then and I still think it's amazing today. This was also a time where PG-13 horror films were not stripped down, in my opinion. This movie has some blood and gore. It also has some nudity in it. And it's not enough to push it up to an R rating. However, it's not really tame either. You're not going to watch it and think, oh man, that's a PG-13. This is actually a prime example of how ratings for films have changed and how things have gotten watered down. This is definitely not a watered down film. And neither was the first one. The first one was a PG-13 film. So's this. And you wouldn't really guess it, and it doesn't hamper it in any way. I do know that they were still trying to bank off the success of the Gremlins films. But even still, what we have here is pretty great. And I think if you haven't checked out either the first or the second one, or even the series in general, if you watch it with the right mindset, you might actually come away having a good time with them. They're B-movies, they know exactly what they are, and they don't aspire to be anything else. And that's why it's one of my favorite series. But with that being said, I think I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore Analyzes. And also, we do have our contest running. There's a picture posted up on the Inner Honest Opinion Instagram, as well as the Adam Analyzes Instagram. And all you have to do is tag two friends in that photo, and you're going to be entered. We will randomly draw it on, I believe, October 30th is when we're going to close it out. So if, if you want a free copy of uh, Creepshow on Blu-ray, I definitely recommend checking out our Instagram and tagging two friends on that photo. But with that, good night.